Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. Sorry, that is so annoying, I'm sure it must be. This is the Fizzle Show. Fizzle.co is a leader in online business education. We publish conversations here about blogging, online marketing, building an audience, and more. You can find out more at fizzleshow.co. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself, doing something you actually care about. Your hosts are Barrett Brooks, Steph Crowder, Corbett Barr, and me, Chase Reeves. We run Fizzle.co, a website full of training courses to help you run a small business. And more importantly, where you will find the community of entrepreneurs who won't let you quit. Try your first five weeks for free on us when you go to Fizzle.co slash try five. That is just for you podcast listeners. Fizzle.co slash try five. In this episode... Listen, if you sell a product, digital or not, you're going to experience what this Fizzler experienced. She sells a digital training course, and the course has a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's fairly common in this kind of digital course-selling world. But what do you do if someone needs a refund quite a far bit past that refund time? And what if her story involves a moving story? And what if that person tries to publicly shame you about it or something? In this episode, we share that Fizzler story, what she decides to do, and killer advice about how to handle customer service issues like these. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 136. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. And we're back. You guys, I have uh, a little something for you to what? kick off the show. I'm I'm kind of bummed. I've been trying all morning to access this website. It's not coming up. But um, evidently, Shia LaBeouf is live streaming himself, watching all of his movies for 72 hours straight. No. In reverse chronological wow. order. Yes, he's sitting there right now somewhere in New York watching his movies. And it's being live streamed on a site called newhive.com. Oh, my Yet, God. I don't think they prepared for the entire internet trying to watch this because the site is just down constantly. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I really want to see what's happening. Uh, uh, don't we all? Can you imagine the commentary on that? What's Did the name of the site again? that Bumblebee? <laughs> what? 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 what is know, that from, from Transformers. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Moving on. <laughs> Corbett, what is the name yeah, of the website? as good as a Comcast. Newhive. Newhive. Wow. Shia LaBeouf running through the woods from Shia LaBeouf. Um, it, listen, guys. Well, hey, um, hey, what's going on? How how you guys doing? Hey, you're back. Yeah, not only... I, oh, hey, you're back. I, and it's not even, it's not even the, the question of, is Chase back? But is his mustache back as well? That is correct. It oh, is. Oh, it is. The mustache oh, wow. is back. Yes. Yeah. Steph, can you even feel the mustache at looking at you through Skype? Don't answer that. Now that I know about it, I can feel it. Yeah, and it's actually it's kind of it, it's like it brings a lot of energy, doesn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. It does. You know. Now I, we could probably let the cat out of the bag now because we didn't hear from anybody last week uh -huh. about how we faked our post Halloween it's episode. True. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we really pulled a good one over the Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So let's, let's dive into this thing before we, before that's we just go off. That's and all we're going to say land. about that one. Yeah. That's all, right. all we're going to, that's all we're going to say. I will say that, that I, we're saying welcome back chase because I was gone for a week. We had, we had recorded last week's episode early. Uh, I was at, on a cruise, uh, not just any cruise. It was the podcasters, uh, cruise that, uh, John Lee Dumas and the guys who put on podcast movement, put together a conference that's on a cruise. And so I got to be there as a speaker and hang out with a lot of other great people. Uh, any of you who are listening that were on the cruise, hello. And, uh, and they got to see me be the MC of the conference, which by the way, Ooh. turns out <laughs> I am pretty good at that sort of thing. <laughs> You can imagine it was like uh, days on end of this podcast. It, it, days on end. Uh, is that a good, was that a comment or was that a bad thing? <laughs> it's up to uh, the it's listeners of the show to interpret He's that merely as they stating a fact. Okay. All right, yeah. I mean, I, I think most people would interpret that as a good thing. Sure. So, uh, so Barrett, tell us what we're what we're talking about today. Me, yeah, me, yeah. Steph was the mastermind behind this, but that's okay. I'll introduce it because she's going to have a lot to say later. Uh, this one came up in the forums where one of our fizzlers had a person, a customer of hers write in seven months after purchasing an informational course. So this is like a video course that she sells 
And this customer writes in and says, hey, you know, this was my order number. I purchased this course of yours. And unfortunately, right after I purchased it, uh, we had a death in the family or something like that. And so I never ended up doing anything with it. I know it was seven months ago, but is there any way that I could get my $75 course purchase back Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to pay that money anymore because I'm going through financial hardship right now? So that was the basis of this whole deal. And the question was, what do you do when your refund policy is clearly stated, whatever that might be, 30, 30 days money back, 60 days money back, and someone writes in, not just after that, but a long time after that, what should the policy be? And we figured that we could use this as a way to talk about different mindsets about customer service, different approaches you can take, not only if this happens, but when customers are being difficult and when you're having to ask yourself, what's the right thing to do here? I, I like it. What do you hear, Corbett? Well, and and my other question about this was, is there a refund policy on this product in question? I didn't see that. Yes. There yeah. 60 days. 60 days. There, it, there is 60 days? or so, 60 days. And just for context, the person who was writing in had purchased said course about seven months ago. So it was a one-time course, 60-day money-back policy, and the person was writing in with a tragedy situation seven months after the fact. So, so let's 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 back up a little bit. We're talking about generally some customer service sort of stuff. This yeah. is things that you're going to have to deal with if you're selling probably just about anything, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not just necessarily refunds, but ideas about what are the questions that people are going to have after they've bought something for you. What are the objections that they're going to have? What are the reasons that they're going to either want to refund or they're going to say like, "Oh, I expected this and I didn't get it. Can you get me that instead?" or something. I don't know what. Right, and. Um, you know, we're all conditioned now in a lot of ways by companies like Patagonia and Nordstrom's and mm. others mm. and Zappos just to expect that they're going to take care of any customer service issue we have. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, there are obviously older companies out there, Comcast yeah. or whatever, who mm-hmm. will tell you to take a uh, long walk off of a short pier. <laughs> like Some, a, a hike, for, per se? <laughs> take yeah, a hike. Like a, yeah. If if you have a, an issue. But, T-A-H. Um, but personally, I try to purchase from companies that I know are going to take care of me these days. Yeah. How about you guys? I like being taken care of. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, how I, like, I feel about it. So you like to purchase from people who like give you a friendly take a hike, you know, like Patagonia. It's like they don't take a hike. You oh, know? My oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> GTFO Barrett. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, honestly. Man, it was so good. You guys didn't Please. even know where it was going. No, no, no. <laughs> No, it's too was, early. It's too early. No, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, no. I it's, you broke my brain. You broke my brain. You literally dad hacked it's one, my it's brain. One of those. It's one of those where the joke is so lame that you don't think it's a joke. Yeah, yeah. That one actually like took me a minute. You I'm should sad see to his say. damn face, listener. He's you so should proud. You should see Barrett's face. He's so proud of himself. I love breaking the brain of Chase. <laughs> Literally broke my brain. Huh. Poor Yvonne Chenard's over there going so this, like, I, I made a world-class company for this. Yeah. Bunch of dirt bags. So this uh, this question got people fired up in the forums, yeah. right? Yeah, it Steph, did. Steph wrote us all on Slack. She was like, you guys got to check this out. It's, so yeah. yeah, so Steph, give us your perspective on, on what happened. Yeah, so it was a really, really popular post. We had over 30 responses. There's like two pages of responses and a lot of people came out of the woodwork. So it was a really great discussion. And I think, I don't know, my personal theory as to why this one is so popular is it's a situation that if you're building a business, if you have a product or service, you've been in this situation before and it's hard. There's like not really a rule book for this. And I think that's really what the challenge is. What's interesting about how this fizzler positioned the question is She's, you can kind of tell by the way she wrote it, she's sort of trying to figure out. She, she even says, I want to be a good person and give this to the person. But on the other hand, if all my customers did this, I'd be broke. I can't even think of stuff I bought that long ago. Never mind, you know, would I go ahead and contact them? And that made her feel suspicious. So she's actually asking, is this genuine or is this not? And I think that question in itself is an interesting one. Like you could argue that that might not even be the right question to be asking in, in, in a customer service context. So that's kind of the, the conversation that evolves from this. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting? This kind of, for me, this ties back to the episode we did last week about if you give stuff away, why would anybody pay? Somebody brought up this idea that, well, I never buy anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and yet it's really, it ends up just that a small portion of people end up buying something from you. This is the same thing to say that if all of my customers did this, I'd be broke. Well, there's zero chance that all of your customers are going to do this. It's also not as though you're setting a precedent, right? Because 
that the customer who gets a refund, it's not like they're going to go tell all of your other customers that, hey, by the way, that refund yeah. policy, you know, unless yeah. you're a really big company. Yep, totally. Yep. Yeah, I think what, what's what's interesting here, Corbett, is is what are the what are the things that come up in your mind when something like this happens? And that's a perfect example. If everyone in my that I sell the course to does this, then I'll have to give. I'll be making no money, right? So it's kind of like, and this you experience a lot when you're a parent it is like, well, I need to use this opportunity to make an example of, or to teach my, my child a lesson, because if I just give and give and give, right. then they're just going to take advantage. But that's you your know? child who you have a lifelong relationship yeah, with. <laughs> totally. This is a customer who once they're gone, they're gone probably. Yep, totally. Yeah. But it's, but it, it regardless, it still feels like, oh wait, no, that sorry. I don't, I'm not going to make any, any, if I, if I, if I, don't hold the line right now, then I'm going to, yeah. uh, I'm going to pay for it later on. Right. So, uh, what other, what other, I mean, I'm not trying I, to I, think of actually, let me like totally restate what I just said. Yeah. Cause it, it was dead wrong. I said once I said, this is a customer and once they're gone, they're gone. I think that's the complete wrong way to think about oh. it. You need to think about this as maybe not this customer, mm-hmm. but some customers who you have this interaction with could be turned into lifelong fans of yours right. if you yeah. do something to go above and beyond their expectation. Yeah. yeah. And we've seen that, right, within yeah. Fizzle. People all the time tell us, oh my God, that email that you responded to or whatever, that extra time that you spent with me on a call, even though you know they're not paying for us to respond to emails, they're not paying for us to stay an extra 15 minutes after a call is over or whatever, yeah. Yeah. those things make a big difference. Totally. And the reality is, even if you do something like this, that one person cannot possibly have enough reach to let all of your existing customers know that you would give them a refund if they asked for it today. And let's just say they did. Let's say they had your email list. This customer stole your email list and they wrote an article that said, oh my God, this person gives refunds even seven months after the fact. I can't believe I asked and they gave it to me. Even then, all your customers wouldn't ask for their money back. And most of them wouldn't. They but, would not make that choice as a result of this action. But the question is is an honest one, and it, and it's something that like a lot of us don't have to deal with until it happens. Right. And then you're like, right. okay, so how now do I proceed? Right. Isn't this interesting as well? Um, when we become business owners, we have this entire experience, this history of being a consumer, and we have all these interactions with customer service. And now suddenly you're the one in the in the business owner's yeah. seat. And you have to think about what am I going to do? What's this policy or, or yep, whatever? Totally. It's just like the tables are totally turned. Yep, absolutely. So Steph, what 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 can you tell us about the way that the, the Fizzle community sort of like responded to this? So it's interesting. Like I said, it was a really popular one and I've kind of grabbed a couple of different responses, especially those that were different than what the resounding response was. But first I'll share with the most popular perspective was. And I actually, I think I, I share this view, um, really goes in line with, I think how, you know, being the person who mostly handles customer interactions at fizzle, this is really what I try to think about. So there's one person who said that what this decision is all about is figuring out what you want to focus on. So you get an inbound request like this, figuring out what is it that, what is it that I need to focus on? Do I focus on the fact that this person is going to you know, now ask for their money back that they've already given me? Or can I look at this as they trusted me enough to give their money in the first place? And now I have an opportunity to make them happy or unhappy. I thought that was a really cool way of looking at it. So it's kind of like a give and take relationship. Um, That was really the most popular response was that at the end of the day, you know, well, first of all, one of the things I think is worth, worth pointing out is in this particular case, this is a person who had mentioned that they were going through a tragic bereavement situation in their family. And and my perspective on that was if you're going to fake that or make that up to get your hundred bucks back, then I just have to believe that's going to come back to you in some way. Like that's just, I just would like to believe there's not a lot of people in this world who would make that up just to get their hundred dollars back, first of all. But secondly, I think that to echo Corbett's point, you just, you just don't know what is, what can come out of a customer experience. This product might not be right for this person because of their personal circumstances, but you don't know what their network is. You don't know what kind of ripple effect this could have down the road. They do decide to come back to you and purchase something else. So I think it's very tempting to look at this uh, look at the situation in isolation and say, okay, if everybody did this, I would be broke. But it's really so much bigger than that. And like like we've said in the last episode about if you give it away, will anybody pay? It, the truth is that you know it, it's not going to be a situation where everybody does that. And that really was the resounding response that we got from the community. 
Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Steph, you're the you're the sort of uh, member success specialist at Fizzle here. What what did this like? What how did this strike you? I mean, you said you were you were agreeing sort of with with the first commenter that you that you read, but like when you saw this, you're the one who's dealing with a lot of like, hey, what about X, Y, and Z and support requests for us at Fizzle? What did it bring up for you? I think one thing that people underestimate and I find myself underestimating on a daily basis is, I mean, it is really crazy. Sometimes I honestly walk away from interactions with customers feeling amazed because another example of this would be if you get a nasty email from a customer. So this is a Mm. slightly different topic. This is someone asking for a refund, but sometimes every once in a while I get an email from someone who is just, you know, just ripping me a new one without even really knowing who's going to be on the other end of the email. And we've talked about this a little bit in another episode, I think, about how you got to take a step back and realize that you might not totally know what's going on with them. But I actually get the sense that when people, sometimes when people write an email like that or they reach out to customer service, they don't necessarily know that there's going to be a person on the other end who's there to take Mm, care of them. So usually I like to take a step back from that and say, okay, what can I do to just like totally turn this person's you know, I want to say like turn this person's frown upside down, but that's literally what it is. And sometimes Hold I'm, on. So wait, you turn their frown Yeah, and you make it a good experience. Down? No, but for real. I mean, oh, so, you don't oh, you don't make their face. Okay, got it. You just <laughs> yeah. turn it up. It like becomes yeah. a smile. Oh, and it becomes right. a smile. Oh, okay. I get it. You're just now, now getting that? Yeah, now I see what is happening. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I thought you were like you're like make them do a handstand or something and you're going to feel better cuz blood One way to go about it. But yeah. But they're going to be like an upset person doing a handstand. Yeah, yeah which no is good. dangerous. Which totally, I mean, with high blood pressure and all that other stuff, it's like, probably hard not to smile. Actually, if you did a handstand, it's probably gravity. hard not to smile. Gravity, yeah. you know, that's true. So then you probably have. So a frown I again. have kind of, I have kind of jolly cheeks, and so everything just troops down into a smile when I I'm can't upside really down. Tell there's so much stash that it's just like it's yeah. so much. <laughs> there's stash, a lot of stash, right? But the point <laughs> is that when, <laughs> when, oftentimes I hear then hear back from that person, it is truly like a different person is responding. They're like either kind of have their tail between their legs and they're like, oh, Steph, thank you so much for taking care of me. Or mm, they're just yeah. like, they, they like start laying it on thick because they realize they acted kind of like a jerk and maybe they weren't expecting mm-hmm. to get a very personal response. So they can I, flip so fast, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's the same thing with this. Like if I try to see it as the person who handles these types of things at Fizzle, I really do want to surprise people with how good this interaction is. And like mm. Corbett said, the more and more companies are doing this. So maybe it's getting harder to do. But I've had some really bad customer service experiences myself, like even recent ones with my cable provider, as an example. And it makes you so mad. It's like such a terrible experience that when you get just something little, especially if this person really is going through bereavement, just to have your hundred dollars back, it might not seem like a lot. It probably means a heck of a lot more to that person than it does to yeah. you. And yeah, I, I want to kind of get away from the specifics of this, because honestly, the bereavement part of it is just like the thing that immediately goes like, yeah, you return the money. Yeah. Like it's done deal. Like it's just, it's like kind of like immediately. Even the airlines have like a bereavement policy. <laughs> there you go. But no, but I, but I, but I don't want to discount like the the kind of question that this brings up, right? Because you had to fight for every dollar that you got from your thing, and now here's here's somebody asking for a refund, clearly well outside of the refund policy, and it's your first time dealing with that potentially. Then it's like, okay, here's how I want you to think about this from now on. This is an opportunity to make them a fan for life right. so that they buy your next thing, right? Yeah. right? That's, how it, that's how it always is, yeah. right? Now, so to me, like there's zero question here. This is clearly give them the yeah. refund. Like what? why wouldn't you? Like yeah. treat people how you want to be treated. Um, however, it is a really interesting question and it's also something that's pretty fun as a business owner to like mm-hmm. gripe about mm-hmm. to other business owners. Yeah. So I totally get the discussion that happened like yeah. in, the, in the forums and I get oh, yeah. bringing it up. Totally. Now, where this becomes a little bit higher stakes mm. is if you're selling something that's much more than $35 or $75 or 100 bucks or whatever, if you're selling something that's a couple thousand dollars, mm. especially if you have affiliates involved that maybe you you paid half of that commission out to someone or something yeah. Yeah. and somebody comes back and asks for a refund that's outside of the refund window and now you're looking at this refund, this one refund may be having an effect on your profitability in a totally. month. Totally. Then it becomes a different question, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you still want to meet people in a place that's going to leave them a satisfied customer, mm-hmm. but you might want to be more creative or more strategic about it and yeah. figure out some way to compromise on the refund or something. Sure. Right? And sure. in this case, that was part of her situation. Yep. She did pay half the money out to an affiliate. And right. so on this particular sale, she's going to end up giving 37 50 out of her own pocket to refund it. But 
so, you know, I think if we get outside of this specific example, one of the interesting things that got posted as a part of this thread was a public Twitter exchange. And it was an exchange between a course creator and one of his customers. And basically he was getting called out publicly by one of his customers for not having a generous refund policy, as that person put it. And I think the person's policy was like 30 day money back guaranteed. And this person was tweeting at him two months after the return window, right? So 90 days later after purchase. And uh, it seemed like he was basically creating this public shaming of the course creator. And the course creator basically responded and was like, you can F off, I don't care, you're outside the window, that's not my policy, I'm not giving you a refund. And it was this back and forth exchange. And then a bunch of people came to the course creator's uh, kind of defense, which I thought was interesting as well. So here was an example where he was being publicly called out and then publicly called the guy back out in mm -hmm. return. So what's that do to it? Does that change the exchange at all? Does it change how you would respond to it? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, uh, we'll just I'll just read out the tweet. This is between Derek Halpern and a guy called uh, J.T. Turner, and I have no dogs in this fight uh, as to w who's right and who's wrong, but uh, it's a great example of another situation in which uh, J.T. Turner says, FYI, Derek Halpern and his blogs that convert 2.0 must not be that good. After 30 days, he will not refund your money. It shows, what his per it shows his personality, right? And Derek writes back, I I'm confused. We have, clearly, we have a clearly marked policy that you agreed to, and you're past it. Will the video be about entitlement? I don't know what the video thing was. I missed, I, there must be a tweet like missing there. But he said, and then JT says, nope, it will be on if you believed in your products, then 30 days wouldn't matter. I had not assessed it besides to cancel. Uh, and Derek says, I'm still confused. I have a clearly marked refund policy. If you want an exception 69 and you want an exception 69 days late, am I wrong? JT says, uh, never said you were wrong. I just found no use for your product and I want to help others make sure they don't make the same mistake. Um, uh, and then, uh, then a lot of people start jumping in and going like, hey man, have you ever tried to take something back to a retail store after it was, you know, the 30 days? Thing? It, you can't do it. It's just one of those things. So this is a situation where, and where Derek uh, Derek Halpern's clearly drawing a line. Like, listen, thirty days. Like, that's that's it. Like, there's no yeah. there's no exceptions, and that is just as valuable as an idea. And you just have to show up with your guns blazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not as it's as valid a decision. Yeah, uh, as, yeah that's for I mean. you as a business owner. But again, for me, it comes down to what kind of retailer do you want to be? Because if you have an issue with Patagonia or Nordstrom or Bed Bath and Beyond or Zappos or Amazon, yep. their policy is to make the customer happy no matter no what. No matter what. And I'm sure that some people abuse that, mm -hmm. but the goodwill that they earn from that policy for all the good customers out there yeah. must far exceed the few customers that choose to take advantage and that, of that it's policy. It's a good example of, a, of those companies are all looking for, like, let's go for the widest customer base possible. And in some ways, Derek Alpern is doing the same thing, but he's also making his his platform, he's a perfect example of of a success story that is from the opposite perspective. That's going like, nope, like this is what you get. This is what the things, this is what it was. It was valuable and you didn't use it. That's your fault. Totally. Right. And and he said, I've seen him say that a lot of other times before. Chris Johnson from Simplifilms, another guy that like in his sales, uh, he sometimes, he, he's, I get, sometimes get to see some of his sales uh, interactions with like customers or something like that when things go awry and how he's just like, just brute force like no that this is the value of the thing this is a mistake that you're making yada yada, yada. and he's very clear and uh and succinct about it right uh and whereas zappos and the others are the opposite and they're also super successful yeah, right totally. and 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 to the point here uh somebody chimed in and said do you argue about your car's warranty period apple's 30-day guarantee do you think they'd change their policy? Mm -hmm. And and it's it's a totally valid point. Yep. I have plenty of Apple products and I know that one day after the warranty period, yep. you know, I won't get my thing fixed and that's fine yep. and I and I'm happy to pay for it at that point. So it it depends and when it is clearly marked, I guess, you know, and you I can do, stick to that. I think want. it does change some things when you as customer go out with the kind of purpose and intent of of putting someone like on the, I don't know, on the platform and showing how ridiculous they look because of their thing or because of their refund policy. When you're trying to shame someone in public, it changes my posture and my stance towards you because it's like, oh, okay, so this is how this interaction is going to go. Yeah. You're trying to publicly make me look bad from the outset. Yeah. You know, it. I do think that changes my tendency in response to you yeah, when sure. that's how you're initiating the the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, that <clears throat> there there is a, a valid point in that, right? 
By the way, one little little trick, Steph, kind of going back to what you were talking about before, how quickly someone can turn because they're in some ways so not used to having someone on the other side, like paying attention, listening, caring in any sort of way. One of the tricks that I learned early on uh, is is the very first thing you say is, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, X. You know, I'm so sorry that you had to deal with your mother passing away or something. Oh, I'm so sorry that you couldn't get that button to work. Oh my gosh, that must have sucked. Yeah. That must have mm-hmm. felt crappy. You know what I mean? You first of all, just you just start there. Even if yeah. you don't feel it, like you start there and you can maybe start to feel it and understand yeah. that that's a real person on the other side with real needs and things like that. And you also are a real person. So you don't have to bend over backwards and give them everything they want, but you can start there. Say, totally. oh my gosh, I am so sorry that you had to go through this. Yep. From there, you can go either way. Unfortunately, yeah. our policy is very clear and I don't even have access to that to those funds anymore. I really feel terrible about this. I wish there was something else I could do. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That, mu- that must have been so terrible and horrible. And, uh, and, and let, me, let me go ahead and initiate the refund right now. Even though our policy is longer, I understand I want to make a, a, uh, a whatever, a, an exception for you here. Yeah. yeah. Like so I, I love that. And actually, sometimes I'll even take that tactic a step further. So as an example, um, sometimes- you just send a picture? Like, what do you do? You just send you like, totally. like a smiling or sad, frowny face, Steph, uh, picture? Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's just a video of me, like with tears in my <laughs> just- eyes. <laughs> And then they ask if they, they ask if they can give me money then, and it goes yeah. really well. Um, <laughs> give <laughs> no, the but, kid a home. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, I'll so as an example, um, it's possible. You know, for, we have a couple of members who've accidentally created two accounts, and they realize they're getting charged twice in the same month, right? So that's obviously a mistake. You see that on your bank account, and you're you can get really upset about that, right? Especially if you're tight on funds. So someone might reach out to me in a aggravated type of way. Sometimes I'll just respond and say hey, I totally get it. And if I were charged twice, I would be really annoyed too. Like the, sometimes that's how, literally how I started it. Yeah. Wow, that's really annoying. And I would feel just like that. And yeah. this is actually a sales thing that I learned. And the reason it works so well is because it's disarming, right? Like these people come into the conversation with their guns blazing and their dukes up and they're ready to fight it out. And then when somebody meets you at your level, like it's so surprising for the person who's representing the company to say, oh my gosh, if that happened to me, I would be really annoyed too. Let's fix this. And that's just yeah. not what they're expecting. And it totally changes their demeanor from mm-hmm. the from the outset. Yep. Steph just said Dukes. Yeah. I did. Get your Dukes <laughs> out. Made, which made me think of the old Adam Sandler goat bit. And he's, he's like, he was beating me like, loud, man. <laughs> like, forty thousand. Put your Dukes out. <laughs> oh, God. Well, oh, you guys heard that, man? Archive. He was beating me loud. <laughs> hey, goat. <laughs> Go out for a pass. <laughs> Okay, I just can you picture just uh, him in the in the rec- like a little recording studio making that old album back in the I day. Woo! Now do you feel like everybody who makes good comedy albums eventually is going to come out with something horrible that they did, and yeah. the rug's going to be pulled out from under mm-hmm. us? And yeah, we're I mean, back to that, huh? Yeah, but we're <laughs> all roads lead to lead to like heroes letting you down, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, so you know the the other the other thing that really gets me about this case is. When we talk about companies, again, like Amazon or Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever, we're talking about physical goods where there's a real cost to that thing that you're asking them to take back. Mm-hmm. In the case of an educational product, there's zero cost. It, yeah. it's, it's not like you're out anything, unless, of course, there were affiliate commissions or sure. something like that. But otherwise, it's like the incremental cost is zero mm-hmm. of fulfilling that. It's not like you spent one-on-one time with this person or whatever. They're asking for their money back, and it's not like it's it's going to cost you more to give it back than they gave you in the first yeah. place. Yeah. I, uh, I was reading a uh, something somewhere, an article or a book or something that told a uh, anecdote about Best Buy and their policies on returns. They're usually pretty- <laughs> more like worst buy. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> just going to let that one hang for a second. Anyways. Uh, so they're, they're pretty generous. I was just hoping we were going to berate you for being a dad joke. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with the creepy laugh. It works with the mustache. I got to tell you, in person is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, Fizzle Show listeners, you, uh, you, we might be selling tickets to live podcast uh, f- shooting pretty soon, just so that you can experience the prowess wow, of the uh, of the mustache, especially when I get a little bit of my like latte in it. The great face was like, he was like, gonna go like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, and then he couldn't go. It's fine. He was just like, what just happened? 
What are you even talking about? Okay, so Best Buy. Um, <clears throat> and the story was about them generally being generous with their returns and their policies on that. And basically, th- they've had some customers take such advantage of that that they'll go to the store, buy a high-priced item, take it back to the store a day later, and then it gets put on a 50% off uh, like table. And then they buy it? And then the people oh, yeah. will go back That's in sourced. 30 minutes later and buy it. And That's so sourced. there are always going to be people who take advantage of things. And there's not a lot that you can do to battle that. Like you can't prevent someone from being a jerk in response to whatever policy you yeah. decide it is. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to throw out the whole policy, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And so it's not necessarily the policy and it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't give exceptions sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I do think you want to be on the guard against someone who does this repeatedly or someone who shows that on an ongoing basis, they're going to try and screw you over in exchange mm-hmm. for the products that you're selling them. Yeah. And so I do think there's something something to be said for tagging this person, flagging this person somehow so that you see in the future, if you have trouble with them, you can refer back to things that have happened in the past because you don't want to get repeatedly taken advantage of because then it does look bad on your business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. well, that, you know, I, to me, that sparks another point specific to this situation, but I think a lot of people deal with it and it did make things slightly more complex. So the person uh, who was running this course, the fizzler who posted this, was able to actually go into the system and see that the customer was not active. So this person had not accessed the course more than like one or two times. Mm. So that was sort of part of the conversation the community was having too, is how does that fact impact your decision? So if it's six months after the fact and somebody, you can see that someone has accessed it 50 times, does that change the way that you handle the refund versus they haven't touched it? Yeah, and it, so let's let's talk on that question for a second. I mean, for me, it does. Absolutely, for me, it, it impacts it. And yet, when people, um, so for one of the things that happens uh, occasionally here is there's some either billing discrepancy in, inside of Fizzle, or or whatever. Some sometimes people think that they canceled, but they didn't. That that actually no, that doesn't happen. They that they does forget, happen. They forget to cancel right. before they get charged, and then they'll email us going like, ah, why didn't you send me an email or something? Oh no, we'll just refund you. Like we'll just we'll just give you back that money right totally. now. And it's all, and it's never, it's, it's literally, I think we just have like an always refund policy in some ways because we've never gotten a, a question. Well, that, we have a policy. We have a, like, you know, we'll refund you within 72 hours of your most recent payment. Yeah. Right. Um, but there are exceptions to, yeah. to the policy because, because people have hardships or we can tell that they haven't used it or there was a mistake that we made or whatever. There's yeah. all kinds of reasons. And we have definitely drawn the line before. Like I know when, yeah, I'm trying to remember when I was in the role, there have been people who have said, oh, I didn't know I was still paying for this. And like, can you refund me? And I have gone in and seen some people who have been using the product very yes. clearly yeah. and still saying that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I and think that like, is okay, the key. No, that, I don't. That's where the activity is so helpful, I think. Because totally. if someone says, I totally forgot I was paying, it's been three months, and I can see they haven't logged in in four months, okay, I'm going to give that person their money back because then it's like we just took their money. you know. But if they, right, yeah. if they claim that, but they the last time they accessed it was yesterday, that that's a different conversation. Or even sometimes people have... Uh, whatever that term is called for like beneficial to them memory where they'll think, Oh, I've been paying for this for three months when I haven't used it. And in reality, they used it for two of those months and it's been 30 days. And so I do think there's validity to going back and looking at activity or seeing you. Now, so hold on, uh, let, let the, let the, let the listeners uh, understand a little bit about how, where are we able to check the activity of these people? And where are we going into to look at that? That's a great question. Chase. We have a tool that's, that, that we made custom. Uh, it's called a sniffer, and it sniffs out activity. What? Uh, we can. <laughs> is this the mustache talking? <laughs> uh, it's cheese. The wheeze. Get off. You a hole. Sorry, guys. I'm back. What the heck happened there? The mustache got to you. I've been in Florida. It it happens. Uh, but we use intercom, right? That's where you're tracking all this yes. stuff. So yep. intercom is a is a thing uh, that you you on your website is a thing. It's it's a thing you have to pay for that's customer interaction stuff. We're able to send emails to people. We're able to track a lot of data that way. We're able to uh, just interact with customers for in a lot of different ways, for lack of a better term. What's great about it is we're tracking when do they sign up? When are their last logins? Like all of those kinds of things are sent directly to Intercom from our system. So we can say, hey, let's send an email to everyone who's online right now, basically, mm-hmm. or everyone who logged in and accessed the site more than twice in the last two weeks. Yep. Or or I can look at, hey, here's Jeremy's uh, 
Jeremy's profile. How many times has he accessed the site? This is all really, really valuable stuff yep. um, for tracking and metrics and all that other stuff. Definitely. We use it initially for basically, we all of our customer support, support email comes right into that, right? So it's our customer support email thing. We were using Zendesk before, which is just for customer support email. It does not track all of this user sort of stuff. Um, and Intercom solved that really well for us. It's also not like the cheapest of the cheapest products out there, but it is super pro and really valuable to what we're mm -hmm. doing here. Wouldn't you guys say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely. definitely builds us a nice customer profile that we can take a look at. And we're not only tracking the, because Intercom has some like some basic things that they track after you put code on your website so that they can even track uh, activity. They have some basic data points that they track. And then we have events that mm -hmm. they're called that we send them through another tool called Segment. And you could do it without Segment, but that allows us to see courses being completed and lessons being completed and forum posts being made. And so we're also seeing some of that activity that's specific to our product. And all of those things are valuable because it tells us about not only how are people using it, but in the case of a refund request, is it valid or not? And how long ago did they stop actually taking action within our product? Yeah which just, you know, it's fact-based instead of being emotional. It's, no, it wasn't 90 days ago. It was 30 days ago that you stopped using it. And mm -hmm. I'm happy to give you one month of refund, but I'm not going to give you three months given that you were using the product that whole time. Sure, sure. And, and that's just kind of like the uh, another point at which you get to decide what to do. Because if there's anything that we're learning from this whole lesson, it, it's just that you either, you, you make this up as you go. And, 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 and you're going to have a lot of feelings when when something like this happens, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I have to make a policy now. What should my policy be? What should I do in this individual situation? What should I do in other situations like it? And you kind of have to just find your own way through it. And the decisions that you make on that are a, are, are a function of your brand. They're a function of who you are and how you do business. And they're important. And that's the kind of thing that people want to have. Like, that's the kind of thing that people will either love you or hate you for in the future. And it, and, and it doesn't mean that one is going to cause love and one is going to cause hate because Derek Halpern can say, no, you don't get one. And that's going to cause love in a lot of people. And someone else can say, you could totally get one. And that's going to cause resentment in other people and be like, ah, no, they don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like no, you got to pick your own rules to play by. And that is, I don't know that to me, that's one of the biggest lessons in, in this situation and in this forum question, correct? Yep. Wouldn't you say? So here's a question uh, that maybe we can help people with. I think the natural things that come out of this are, how do I establish a policy? When should I and shouldn't I consider enforcing it strictly? And what's just kind of a general mentality I should take to serving my customers after they've already purchased? So I wasn't here when we established the fizzle return policy or refund policy. So as you guys were thinking about that, was it like a big conversation or was it just like, oh, here's the natural amount of time that seems like is right for our business model? Uh, it was modeled after what other similar services like lynda.com and, and Treehouse do. Okay. So you kind of looked at like, here are some other people that have a similar kind of business model and this is what they do and it seems like it works for them. So why reinvent the wheel? Yep. Cool. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to go about this. If you've got a new product, a new business, go ahead and look at some competitors, see what they're doing and mirror it on some way and just do like the sniff test to see whether it makes sense from your own value standpoint yeah. that that would be the policy you're going to follow. Mm -hmm. Totally. So we talked a lot about situational, you know, when, when you would and wouldn't refund. So from an overall mentality standpoint, you know, I think you kind of hit on this stuff, but what's the mentality you take to customer interactions at a high level? Like what's the posture we take towards our customers to serve them when we're responding? For for me, I think it's approaching every interaction, realizing that a, this is a weird thing about human behavior, but you guys ever notice that people tend to hang on to bad experiences way more than positive experiences? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. You know, That's like science. I remember reading some science about that. That's a real to thing. Totally. Like if you go to a restaurant a hundred times, then you have a horrible experience on the hundred first time. You might go on Yelp and like rip the place apart. Yeah. So that's kind of how I approach our, our situations with our customers. Generally speaking, the thing I have in my mind is like, it's just not worth, I mean, first of all, like arguing with your customers, obviously it goes without saying you don't ever want to get into an argument. Although I don't know, we had the Derek Halpern conversation. Maybe if that works with your brand, which I think maybe it works with certain brands, then that's totally fine. But you absolutely have to be okay with the repercussions of that. Some people might be turned off by that and maybe you're okay with that, in which case that's fine. But for me, I think, you know, the fact that 
any, I don't want any customer to walk away from fizzle feeling like, wow, that really sucked. And I had a bad experience. And on top of that, it was hell dealing with, with customer service. Like that's mm-hmm. the last thing I want that lasting memory to be for somebody. So even if they're going through a lot tragedy in their lives, whatever the case may be, if I can have somebody walk away thinking to themselves, you know what, that was a bad time in my life. But that person at fizzle who helped me was really like, she really went above and beyond. And that's pretty cool. Then I really feel like I've done my job and, and that makes my job a lot more enjoyable, by the way. So I think anybody out there who's dealing with customer service, you will end your day feeling like a, like more positivity if you are able to focus on that versus focusing on, you know, is this person lying? Is this person telling the truth? Because I, I can imagine I would be really exhausted if I if I looked at every situation like that. So really? I do think it's important to, I, I, there were some really creative responses in this particular forum thread that started this conversation. There was one fizzler who said, you know, maybe you could say something like, um, I'm not able to give you a refund at this point. I don't have, like Chase said, I don't have access to those funds anymore, but here's what I can give you. I can give you free access to this new course. I can have a one-on-one session with you. So it was interesting to me that other people were coming up with different creativity. So there's different things you can do, but I think overall, that positivity versus the negative experiences is what I like Mm. to focus on. Yeah. And I think that in general, it kind of reflects that conversation you had with, uh, was it Chris Canlis? Was that his name? Uh, Something uh, Canlis. Mark Mark Canlis. Back on episode. Yeah. What is number 66 of the show? Brian. One of the Canlises. It's from uh, Canlis restaurant in Seattle, outside of Seattle. Mm Yeah. And uh, I just loved their perspective on customer service. Oh, no. It's uh, it's like anybody who is involved in customer service in any way, it's a mandatory list. Yes, absolutely. It's the best. And, you know, we could rehash some of that stuff here, but I think at the end of the day, that's kind of the same feeling we try to create for our customers is this feeling of being at home at Fizzle, knowing that we're going to take care of them, that we're always going to do the right thing, and that we're going to go out of our way to serve people the way we would want to be served. At the end of the day, that's all you have to worry about. And that can mean different things to different people. And I think, like you said, Steph, for someone like Derek, I think he has a brand. He has a perspective. He has a message that he sends both through his products and through his content and through his customer service policy that's all congruent with one another. And we have the same thing. It's just a little bit different. And so a lot of this is personal about how you think you should be doing things when it comes to customer service. But episodes 66 and 67 of The Fizzle Show were great on mindset behind customer service and how you can create an environment and an experience that people will remember and talk about. Mm. Mm. So good. It's so good. Mm. I'm just going back to I still haven't been eating it. I still haven't eaten that canvas. We gotta go like, up there sometime. Man. Now now that uh we all live here. Yeah. Just yep. to drive next, away. next time Steph's out. I was gonna say we all we'll live there. A, Jeez. We'll we just take a guys. take a road trip. Actually, I think I might just do that with my wife, you guys. I think you guys go for it. Fine. Take yeah, a that's hike. Cool. We no, don't no. Need you anyway. all right. Honestly, take a hike. Great. Take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> take my wife. Hey, no, seriously, take her. Oh. <laughs> You'll think you are such a fancy person, Lebowski. <laughs> I don't think we need to beat this one to death, guys. I think we did it. Yeah, you you, you don't have anything else to add. Do you have you been jotting stuff down over there? You, sometimes I, no. I've been, been I've been taking a list. I've been taking notes, and I've been and I've been getting the show notes together so everybody knows about intercom. Uh, so uh, like we haven't told them a, a thousand times before. Every once in a while, though, we'll get to the end of an episode, and someone will be like, "Okay, now I got notes." I know I've done it before. Corbett's definitely done it before. Yeah. He'll be like taking notes all along. He's yeah. like, all right, I'm ready. I'm revved up. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm trying to think back on, on, uh, on, cause I mean, we've been doing fizzle for how long have we been doing it now, Corbett? I, I think three I got years. three years. Yes. A little over three years. Yes. Okay. Got it. Perfect. Then, uh, cause I'm trying to go back to the very beginning mm-hmm. and remember like setting up the forums in the beginning. There was all of the question in the beginning. There was forums. Uh, there were, there were forums. There was like three courses. What did we launch with? two courses one i think four or five actually yeah i think we had yeah. a few yeah um and and those courses are all inside of fizzle still and they're still really powerful courses yours on differentiation defining your audience was the one that i did uh you did one on topic then what what else was in there then traffic mm-hmm. right yeah uh, the uh what we, what's the what's the title of the traffic what are we just here? walking down memory lane here i feel good when he's I in that mode he's you. like but i'm trying I'm, I'm like trying to put myself back in those moments of of we we were all doing customer support like nonstop. We were right. all doing customer support up until like a year ago, basically. Do you know yeah. what I mean? 
Well, we would like assign someone as primary for a month. Yeah, and then and it was kind of like you had the pager that you had to take yeah, home at night. Yeah, you had pager duty. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I, and I'm trying to remember the mo- like honestly, we just lucked out because we have so many gracious people that have that have joined, signed up totally. And I think when when I was listening to Steph talk about her philosophy and stuff, I was just thinking, in general, we feel like Fizzle is a family in yeah. a lot of ways. And so when somebody writes in with a request, we treat them like a family member. Sometimes yeah. you get pissed at a family member. That's sure, fine. Sure. But in general, like, you know that y- you can only take things so far. You don't want to burn bridges with people and, and piss them yep. off forever. Yep. Um, and and we just try to share love with each other, I think, yep. and, you know, and, and respect each other. And in, I think in some ways, the best customer service policy is an awesome product, is a product that really gets results for pre- for people, right? Yep. One that you can, as as the founder of it, really trust that if if x percent of people ask for a refund like the other percentage are sticking around because it's super valuable well yeah and and here's the thing i know from the internet marketing world Mm -hmm. uh that people who have really expensive products they carefully engineer their refund policies yeah and they often give people bonuses after the refund period expires Mm -hmm. to entice them to stick around past that period yeah and a lot of people will say that if you're not getting, you know, X percent, 20, 30, 40 percent refund requests, yeah. then you're not marketing hard enough. And it's it's so sad. Wow. Um, so those those people expect a lot of refund requests and yeah. they try to keep a really tight refund period mm-hmm. so that they can get everybody through that. Get every, just coax them game. through that. Get them coax them through that. So, okay, whew, we got their money, guys. Yeah. We you got know, em. close the doors. We got them. Yeah. Which em. is entirely different from. From every other company, like like the internet marketing thing, just enables what probably what's already enabled in every other. It's all that's been going on for forever. That's just that's just a train of thought that's probably always been around. But we've got so many great tools for taking advantage of people online, which is so clearly why they flocked to the internet as soon as they could, right? Because I mean, direct marketing, uh, direct marketing for courses like learn like how to make friends and influence people. How to uh, how to speak another language? How to get a raise and negotiate a better salary? All of those things are classic advertisements from the '40s, '50s, and '60s. Right, pre-internet, you know, like direct marketing campaigns that had the same crap going on. Yep. And those gurus were teaching. But for those, instead of having a short re- refund policy, you just uh, change your address. Yeah, you just change your address. Oh, sorry. No, and, and it was honestly was a was a tactic that they would do. And it, I don't know. It's just it like I want. I think most of the people listening to the show, we none of us want to. And I think people who are doing crappy internet marketing things, they don't they never set out to be that, right? What forced them into that was the guru, gurus telling them what they needed to do and the sort of the law of the jungle that they fought that they, they felt they were fighting in this jungle and the thing and it's a dog eat dog world and it's either your money or mine, I'd rather it be mine. And I think a lot of us are 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 Thinking about different about business a lot differently. I think we want a different kind of business, and I think customer support is sort of at the heart of that because um, I don't know. It you have to have the product beforehand. You have to have the audience that you can sell the product to that solves their problem, and then your customer support policy is just fundamentally the like a part of that first part, which is growing the audience, the relationship with them. This is on the back end. Uh, Kathy Sierra has this great bit that she does in all of her talks where she's like, I always show this. Here's the marketing material before you buy the camera, right? It's amazing. It's glossy. Look at all this action photography. Yeah. Look at all the things you can do. It's incredible. And here's what you get afterwards. And the manual for the camera is disgusting. It's this tiny little black and white, like cart, like like it's barely paper. Yep. And they're like, this is how we treat customers. She's like, this is how we treat customers. That's why her, if you haven't seen it, the business of software talk that she did called Minimum Viable Badass is fundamentally the most important thing I've ever taken in uh, about business. And it's got this issue right at the heart of it. And so I just want to say, thank our, our Fizzlers for, for making the question happen. For, for There was a ton of energy around this question because a lot of people resonated with it because it's a fear that a lot of people have and it's an experience that I think a lot of people have. And uh, well, I love what what Claire said in her response. She said, you know, if there's one thing that this thread has taught me is that fizzlers are really good people. (laughs) And I love that. I think that's so great because everybody chimed in helping out saying, here's what I would do. 
I, I either I had this experience or this is what seems what's right at the time. And it was super helpful for the person who asked the question. So um, I guess that that's all I have at this point. Anybody else have anything else? We done done it. We done did it. Did we done did it. it. We did done done it. We did did it. I didn't do it. We done <laughs> do it. <laughs> I love that that came out with the accent and everything. Yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> I have been. Chase Wardman Reeves. As always, I've been Corbett Barr. Of course, I've been Barrett Brooks. And duh, I've been Steph Crowder. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it! (laughs) Duh. Woo! Woo! So there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 136 is where you're going to find all the links and notes from this episode as well as access to our free guide about defining your audience. Do you know we have a guide for free you can download that uh, that is is like basically these four big exercises about defining your audience. There's a big old picture of Tyrion Lannister in there. That's that's big. And then there's also a bunch of these powerful questions to ask about your audience that are going to help you kind of understand who they are, what their motivations are, things like that. It's super valuable and, it, and it's free. We should probably start charging for that. We do have a course on it, but this is sort of an intro to that. So you can get that at fizzleshow.co slash 136. If you didn't know about that, now you do. Honestly, go for it. Get it. You're going to like it. Here's an iTunes review from uh, R. Jorgensen in the U.S. of A. who says, Barrett has come out of his shell and is on fire. <laughs> and keeps saying, Glad you're back, Chase. It was nice to hear the others talking for a couple episodes. Lol. <laughs> I loved that. Oh, it was so good. Thank you so much, R. Jorgensen. You know, our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. That is what we are committed to. And when you leave us an iTunes review, it helps us to reach other entrepreneurs. And when we reach other entrepreneurs, we have more of an excuse to make more episodes and do the thing. We love this. If you like this show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it would mean the world. Uh, to us. I would, I'll would. i read it no matter what country you're in. I have a service that lets me do that. By the way, we are so close to 500 international reviews. This is globally 500 reviews of The Fizzle Show. We are nine reviews away from that. Wherever you are, stop what you're doing. Go to iTunes either on your phone. I don't know how you do it on your phone. I think you can do it on the podcast app on your phone. You can also do it on iTunes on your computer. Do you have a computer? You should try it out. Please, I would love to read your review. I I read one out on every episode here, and we need just nine more to get us to globally 500. Can we do that? Please, can you help me do that? I I don't know why. I'll make something. I'm going to make something when we get to 500, and I'm still thinking about what exactly it is. So head to, uh, you know, you can head to fizzleshow.co and click the link to, uh, to iTunes and click write a review. I would love to read your review. All right, no matter how hard it gets, how hot it gets, remember, we are humans. We're in this together. You're not alone. And it's not a win-lose, zero-sum game. Make something that you care about. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.